Welcome to the anointed teaching preached at Church 316, the youth arm of the Fountain of Life Church. We hope that you be blessed as you listen to this message. Yes, so today we are going to be talking about incorruptible. Incorruptible, you know. And I'm going on with the whole idea behind World Wednesday. It's basically to remind remind us of who we are in Christ Jesus, right? So that's what we do every Wednesday when we meet from 6.30 to 8. We remind ourselves daily about what God says concerning us. So today God will have us reminded of the fact that he says that we are incorruptible. Let's open our Bibles to the book of 1 Peter chapter 1 from verse 22 to 25. I'll read because we are pressed for time, you know, and then we'll see what God wants to do. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass, and all of the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls away, but the word of God endures forever. So the Bible is clear. Peter writing to, you know, um, the churches in Pontus, Galatia, and, and, and the rest of, you know, um, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, said to them that they've been born of incorruptible seed. You know, let's place our finger on that and move to another scripture. First John chapter 3 from verse 4 to 9. Please, you will need to follow me to the very end if we are to, you know, um, successfully grasp what God will love us to grasp tonight, today. <laughs> First John 3 from verse 4 to 9. Okay, I'll quickly read. Whosoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. In Jesus there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever abides in Jesus does not sin. First and foremost, what, corrupt, what corrupted man? Sin, right? In the garden, God said to Adam that, you know, you do, you can enjoy yourself, flex, but ensure you don't eat of this particular tree, that the day you eat it, you shall surely die. You know, and then Adam ate it and became corrupted and spiritually he died. Yeah. So I'll continue reading. You know, so let's flip to first John chapter five, verse 18. First John chapter five, verse 18. Yep. And it says, We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. But he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. At this juncture, I want us to ask ourselves questions, right? The Bible says, based on what we just read, that in Jesus there is no sin, right? Okay, good. Bearing that in mind, let's flip to the book of John 17, 21 to 23. Father, we thank you for wisdom. We thank you for understanding. We thank you for your spirit that's in us. We pray, O Lord God Almighty, that you teach us all you want us to learn today, for in Jesus' name. Amen. I thank God he's always here with us. Um, John 17. I said from verse... Um, John 17, 21 to 23. Okay, let me quickly read. This was Jesus speaking. Okay, let me start from 20. I do not pray for these alone, 
but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So Jesus, you know, this was like his final prayer, you know, um, before, before the cross. And so he was talking to his disciples, right? He was praying to God, but his disciples were the ones with him. So he's, this is him saying, I do not pray for these alone. I do not pray for this, my 12 disciples alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. You and I, you understand? Yeah. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be in us. Good. So Jesus prayed that you and I would be in him and his father, our father. And this was achieved when he died and resurrected. And so we resurrected with him, right? So you and I are in the father. Um, Jennifer, please, can you help me? Yeah, God bless you. So you and I are in the Father. I want us to pay attention to this little illustration I want to do. I want to give. And it's for a reason. Because some hard truth is what we want to look into right now. God bless you, man. God bless you. Okay, so I'm going to drop this over here. I hope we all can see. Or should I drop this over here? Okay, let me drop it here. Right? Now, if you look at this basket, it's empty. There is no water in this basket. Now let this basket represent Jesus for the sake of this illustration. This is us, right? Our body, we're embodying this water and all our characteristics and all that. So let this water represent sin and the container represent you and I. So sin is inside. Now I drop this water in here. Can it be said that Jesus, this container, now has sin? inside of him. Remember that you are now in Jesus. When you look at this illustration, it will appear obviously that there is sin in Jesus. Please follow me. We know that the Bible is true and there is no lie in it. And when God says in Jesus there is no sin, it's because in Jesus there is no sin. So how is it that you and I being Christians knowing fully well the things that we go through, the sins that easily beset us, how is it that we can say we are in Jesus and we contain sin? Going back to what John said, let's quickly look at John. First John again, chapter 3. I want us to focus on verse 9. It says, Whoever has been born of God does not sin. For his seed, God's seed, the Greek word used here is sperma. Obviously, by deduction, you know where the English word sperm comes from, right? Okay. So it says, for God's seed, for God's sperma, um, going back to it. Yep. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him. And he cannot sin. The word over there, cannot, means he does not have the ability to sin. Uses the dunamis word, dunamai. Does not have the ability to sin. Does not have the capacity to sin. Whoever has been born of God does not have the capacity to sin. He goes on to say, for his seed remains in him and cannot sin because he has been born of God. Can you see? These are definitive statements. Very clear. So how do we reconcile 
that you and I, we've been born of God. And it's clear that we've been born of God. Right? How do we believe? The Bible says in the book of Romans that with the heart man believes unto good, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So you believe unto righteousness, confession made unto salvation. And so the fact that you've accepted Jesus as a Lord and Savior means you've been born of God. And the Bible says, if you be born of God, you cannot sin. But I see myself struggling with sin. How do I make sense out of it? One way, or the easiest way to make sense out of it is in understanding the trapatite nature of man. You see, when Adam sinned, the first man, when God created Adam, he created Adam, you know, from the dust. The Bible in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Please, write these things down when you get home. You can't really read all of them. Study. The Bible says, as is the man of the earth, earthy, talking about Adam, right? But Jesus from above. So, he that is born, the first time you and I were given birth, we were born of the flesh. So, we have flesh. But our second birth we were born after the manner of Jesus. Remember, Jesus did not need the sperm of Adam to conceive him. Sorry, I meant sperm of Joseph. So Joseph did not contribute anything to the birth of Jesus. The Bible says the Holy Spirit overshadowed him. So when we became born again, we were born after the manner of Jesus. But we still have our old flesh. So the man that got born again is not the flesh, but your spirit man. How do I know this? Jesus is clear about it. He says, God is spirit. And they that worship him or worship him in spirit and in truth. And the Bible is clear that you cannot get only from fig trees. So God had to beget spirits. That's the only way it makes sense. So you and I are spirit beings. And speaking to the spirit part of you, John says that your spirit is incorruptible. Your spirit, the rejuvenated spirit that you and I have. The Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. Can Jesus sin? No. So are you in this world, your spirit man, incorruptible. Having said that, and having been clear on that, our spirit man is incorruptible without sin. The question now is, how do we get our soul and our bodies to align with our spirit? Because we need to align with our spirit. Book of Romans, to be carnally minded is death. Carnal flesh. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life. That is to say, man, this is man, the flesh, canal, in the middle, your soul, then your spirit being. Right? If your soul is thinking always towards the direction of the flesh, you would fulfill the pleasures thereof. And then it leads to death. But if your soul is spiritually minded, thinking towards the direction of the spirit all the time. You are alive. And how is that possible? 
The Bible says, you know, you know that he who is joined with a harlot is one body, but he who is joined with the Lord is one spirit. That is to say, the same way husband and wife will come together and in their union, they become one body, two will become one, right? It's the same way that you and I, coming together with the Lord Jesus, have a union, one spirit. So as I cannot divide husband and from wife, the Bible says that we should not put asunder. It's the same way that my spirit cannot be divided from the Holy Spirit. The Bible does not say, oh, and this part I'm reading does not say, he who is joined with the Lord would not have the spirit of the Lord in him. I mean, you have the spirit of God in you. But it says more emphatically that when you are joined with the Lord Jesus, you are one spirit with him. And so the spirit of God cannot be corrupted. That's why it doesn't make sense that your spirit can be corrupted. Because your spirit is no longer you. Your spirit is the spirit of God. So you have the spirit of God internally placed inside of you, fusing with your own spirit. It's like someone who is on life support. That machine is practically his life. If you separate him from his machine, he dies. So is our spirit, eternally fused with the Holy Spirit. And so we are one. Having known this, you see, it's important that we are saying this because the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The reason why we are struggling to replicate what is already in the spiritual, in the heavenly, is because we do not know. The Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. If I do not know that I am righteous already, I would live my life as a slave to sin. Romans, let's check Romans, and I'm going to wrap up with this. Um, sorry, please come for World Wednesday. We have a lot of time to discuss this since it, at World Wednesday. Okay, Romans 6. Let me get from verse 6. It says, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, Jesus, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. He says, reckon yourselves. Lord, it's It's an accounting term. He simply says, you know what? Impute yourself. Take account of yourself that you are dead to sin. Let your mind know this. You are not a slave any longer to sin. So you are not doing you know, sinful act and say, you know what, I'm just, ah, the temptation was too much, no? There's a difference between a slave and someone who is no longer a slave. A slave has no choice in the matter. Before Jesus saved you and I, we had no choice in the matter. The Bible says the flesh is inherently sinful. Read through Romans chapter 5. It talks about, you know, Adam sinning. Let me quickly read that, please. And all of us being brought under the influence of this sin. Okay. Romans chapter 5. Um, 
from verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, Adam, and death through sin, and thus sin spread to all men because all sinned. For unto the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed, logizomai, when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. Adam was not, and this is a topic we want to discuss at what Wednesday. Please turn it on Wednesday, you understand? When God said, let's make man in my image after our likeness, you know, the question begets, if Adam was after the likeness of God, how is it that Adam sinned when God can't sin? So it says over here that Adam was a type, was a figure of the second Adam, Jesus, who was to come. So God said, let's make man in our image after our likeness. Let's make man in the image and likeness of Jesus. As you are, so would he be. So as he is, so, so, so are we. And so the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that the physical had to come first so that the spiritual will come. It's a pattern. The tabernacle, God said, build this tabernacle. Showed Moses what the tabernacle would be like. He had to build the physical tabernacle. And then obviously we worship God now in spirit and in truth. The spiritual has come. You are the body, you are the temple of, you know, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost who lives in us. Right? So we're going to look at all these things and we are quite very, they are very, very interesting, you know, when you rub your minds around it, you know. So, back to what I'm saying. The reason why we couldn't help ourselves, like the Bible says, was because Adam sinned. And so our bodies became inherently sinful. Everyone who was born of man that has this flesh, flesh, sin is inherently, you know, your flesh, our flesh is, you know, I mean, is just drawn towards sin, quite naturally. But the good thing now is that you're a spirit being, and as Jesus is holy, that's why it says, be you holy. As your heavenly father is holy. That is to say, understand fully well that you are already holy and let that holiness that God has imparted in you reflect in your bodies. And so he says we should yield our members unto righteousness. That is, it's within our powers now whereas before it was not within our power. It might not be a one day thing for us to live our lives the way we know God will want us to live. But the Bible says that by the daily renewal of our minds, we will end up being conformed or transformed to God. It says, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the daily renewal of your minds. So the more we see ourselves the way God sees us, the more we begin to act like that. I'm going to end with this. We are not holy because we do holy things. We do holy things because we are holy. The mistake that we make is that we are trying so hard to do holy things. We are trying so hard to do righteous things. Thinking that it's by doing those things that we become holy. You can't put the cat before the horse. The Bible says that you are already holy. By virtue of your relationship with Christ Jesus. Now, out of that holiness now, once you understand that and it sticks here, it begins to reflect in your daily life. Because it's grace. Grace teaches us what the Bible says. 
Grace teaches us. So we understand it's not us trying to gain righteousness because we're already the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so we are simply living the way God will love us to live. So I want this mind to be in us. Yeah, I want this mind to be in every single one of us. You know, understand fully well that it's okay for you to stand in the morning and declare to yourself that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Declare to yourself that you are incorruptible. Declare to yourself that you have the seed of God and it remains in you permanently. The more you speak it, the more you see it. The Bible says of Jesus that he was the word that became flesh. The word has to get to be manifested and it's going to be manifested when you speak it. The word that is not spoken is not manifested or does not get manifested. So I want us to stand up. Regardless of what you've been through, regardless of how sinful you feel you might be, regardless of what the enemy is telling you, the Bible says of the devil that is the accuser of the brethren. God does not accuse you. The devil accuses you. What God does is that he convicts us of sin. Conviction comes with power. The Bible says, come into the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and grace to help in time of need. Grace empowers us to live above sin. Grace empowers us to live the life that Christ has ordained that you and I have. Let us pray. I hand over to Pastor Bisoye. You know. Father, we thank you for this grace. This week we walk conscious of your grace over our lives. And we will see the manifestations and the results that comes with it in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message. For more information, please visit www.vchurch316.org. God bless you.